Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Survivor Now podcast. The content is coming up shortly, but first we got to pay some bills. Okay, we are so excited to tell you guys about this great partnership we now have with our good friend Katie over at Katie Tedesco Art. Since 2015, Katie has been running the original Survivor fan shop where she creates Survivor trading cards, Survivor idol keychains, Big Brother keys, and more. We have been huge fans of hers ever since we started ordering our own items. We're huge fans of the Survivor trading cards. I even got my favorite, John Cochran. You can order them in packs, say an entire season, or you can also order your favorite Survivor Castaways cards in individual packs as well. The items come in a timely manner and are handled with care to make sure you, as a customer, are never disappointed. You can check out all of her cool work over at our Etsy site. The link is in our Instagram bio, so just head on over, let her know Survivor Now sent you, and give her a follow. You can find her on Insta, at Katie Tedesco Art. That's all one word, and that's Katie Tedesco, T-E-D-E-S-C-O, Art. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Survivor Now podcast. It is October 21st, 2022, and we are finally here to break down episode five of Survivor 43. This week, we witnessed the most comparable poker experience ever when Janine risked it all and won and then risked it all again and lost. We also see the beginning of the end for the Coco tribe as they fall once more in the immunity challenge leading to Geo's eventual elimination. Today, I am joined by Eric Abraham, Josh Verlin, and special guest from Survivor South Africa Immunity Island, Tyson Zulu. He is back, which which means he didn't hate us from the last time. So I'll start, <laughs> off, <laughs> I'll start off by asking everyone, start off with Tyson in particular. Tyson, welcome back, and how are you doing today? I'm good, guys. First of all, thank you for having me back and being the first returning guest. And um, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Everything's fine. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. Always a good day talking about Survivor. Hey, what about you, man? How are you? Yeah, doing? For sure. No complaints. Um, I'm about to play my first online Survivor game this evening uh, for Hearts for Reality Challenge uh, charity. So that's going to be pretty fun. Get a chance to play against some of the fans. So I'm actually doing a... Uh, uh survivor breakdown of all the all the players before i start so i'm ready <laughs> so that's what i'm doing next definitely check that out if you can uh, i love online games they're so fun so definitely if you've never done one check it out but we are here to talk about episode five of survivor 43 and gentlemen i feel like this was another good episode i think i, I do have some complaints as always but i think Overall, it was a it was a solid episode. Um, so we got to start off with the elimination because that's kind of what we've been doing before we get into the super big topics. And we say goodbye to Geo here. And I I thought Geo's season was really interesting because I kept looking at him as he's kind of cocky. You know, he's walking around. Him and Ryan are like, we're running this show. No one can touch us. I don't know. I didn't get a sense. I, he was definitely cocky, but they kept saying strong player. I just felt like Gio was kind of being overrated by his tribe or overhyped by his tribe all season and could never really get off the off the ground running here. So let's start with our guest one, once more with Tyson. And what do you have to say about Gio's elimination here and how it all went down? Because, I mean, Ka Cassidy really did not. Did I say Cassidy? It's Cassidy, isn't it? Cassie. Yeah, yeah. Cassie really did not want to vote Geo. She wanted to go Ryan, but she kind of had to go with what her alliance members wanted to do here. Um, with Geo's case, from a player's perspective, it's the typical you're too confident, so you're easy to blindside for me. Like it was a very obvious move because the moment you get comfortable in this game, you should know that something's wrong is about to go down. And it's a difference between being comfortable in the game and then being open about your, your being openly confident and cocky to the rest of your tribe. Because, for example, in my season, 
I was very confident because I knew exactly what was going on. But at the same time, I was never loud about it to everybody else. I was only loud about it in my confessionals. So mm. it's for, for him, I think it was an it was an obvious vote to me because like based on the position in the tribe, obviously as the viewers now, we get to see what's going on. But like based on his position in the tribe, he wasn't really a strong player that they basically made him up to be. But he was very, he stood out. And in a game like this, especially when it's still tribes before the merge, you should do everything possible not to stand out. So the fact that he stood out and he was also labeled as cocky and arrogant and bossy and all those things, it was a very obvious vote for me. I think that Carla is doing a great job of doing exactly, Tyson, what you just said, of like, Carla is playing the best game in that tribe, but she's not being super boastful about it, but she's clearly behind everything. And this felt like it was just a matter of time coming for Gio because Gio was just playing like way too hard too early. But then again, the, the other thing, the best thing I've seen on online the last couple of days was the knowledge is power advantage. Isn't the advantage. The advantage is having knowledge of the knowledge is power advantage. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's so true. Like, as soon as Carla knew, hey, Gio's got this thing that can potentially really impact my game, and he's not thinking about using it right now, this is the best time to just eliminate that advantage entirely. Um, and Gio just told the wrong person. But he, you know, I think we're learning with the knowledge is power. You got to keep that to yourself, even more so than you keep an immunity aisle to yourself. Well, I'm concerned about For sure. how did Ryan was the only one that knew to throw the challenge. Usually when you throw a challenge, you let somebody else in on that. Yeah, you let someone know, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm still 50-50 on whether or not he actually threw that challenge or just came I was back also, and was like, oh, I man. was also wondering about that. Maybe he just came out and said, man, I sucked. Yeah, I was throwing it the entire time. Yeah, so with, with, with how I saw it, I saw it exactly like that. Like, he didn't really perform well in the challenge, but he doesn't want to look bad to the viewers. So he goes into the confessional talking about, he's trying to spin it as if, yeah, I threw the challenge and this is my plan, this, that, and the third. And if it was your plan all along, your closest person went home. So it couldn't really have worked out. <laughs> well, it's I was going to say, if he, if he did actually throw the challenge, this is another lesson to any player who goes out and plays Survivor. Never throw a challenge like we've talked about it before. Okay, okay Josh so has an argument. I'm, I'm actually going to disagree. I think I think the the lesson is if you're don't unilaterally make the decision to throw a challenge. We have seen in the past, and I, I I'm almost positive it was Pearl Islands, but I know it's happened a couple of more times. I just haven't researched. I have to remind myself when exactly that that happened. But we have seen times where tribes make the decision. Hey, we're going to throw this challenge to get out. Uh, I think Russell Hans may have been another one of them. Um, yeah, but so, that's, that's, that's the that, whole tribe, right. not so one person. So, right, exactly. So I think the lesson is if it's you can throw a challenge if it's a tribe decision and everybody's yeah. in on it. But if you're one person, then don't throw the challenge to force everybody yeah. else. I still never like throwing the challenge just because I think it's way too big of a risk. Like if, if the tribe came to me and say, Randy, let's throw this challenge to get this person off. I'd probably be like, no, 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 no. Like it's let's just try to get him off later. Let's make it to the merge and then we can turn on him and get him off. Like I just don't I don't like the odds if you throw the challenge. I think from well, from my perspective, because I was in a position where we didn't really throw the challenge, but we were in a tribe that sucked at that point in the game. So we mm. were happy to lose challenges. We wanted to get people off anyway. So it depends when it's still the tribe stage of the game, but you're getting closer to the merge. There's just certain people you don't want making that merge. Yeah. So okay, that's it, you know, so you want to get those people out as soon as possible before, like, especially when you like feel like the merge is really coming close as like i think that's the case with um, the season at the moment so you want to go to tribal because you think you have the numbers to get a certain per person off but obviously going to tribal is always a risk so that here, also comes but here's the thing you know ryan goes in there and say hey i, I want to throw the challenge because i want to i want to target one person geo goes on the special trip we know he's going to come back with something he finds out he has the knowledge of power you know you lost the challenge why are you trying to save things you had the ability to ask a question, but you was like, no, I'm just going to wait until merger. And you're right. Hey, Tyson, you get too comfortable. Here's some things that for future yeah. players that you want to look at. If you lose the challenge and you're one person away from making the merge and you have something that could get you to the merge, you probably want to look at using it on somebody. 
play it. You got 11 days in the game. 11 days in the game of Survivor. You know somebody had to find some kind of idol, some kind of reward. And if it's not you and your alliance, you need to figure out who it is and at least take a shot at it. There's always something. And the thing is, like, with this new format of Survivor, it forces everybody to play the game a little harder. So the fact that everyone's playing a bit harder now because of the new twists and advantages and disadvantages, you should always have your eyes peeled to everything going on. So you should know that if someone's going away, doesn't matter what they say, just assume they have something. I was, I was, I was really praying that he just turned to Carla just to do it and just went, do you have anything? (laughs) Like I was, I was like, that would have been like gold just because, you know, he's got a great relationship with her. He could have been like, do you have anything? I I know he doesn't want to, you know, he wants to take more time to think on it. Where should I play it at? But I just thought that would have been hilarious if he did that. Uh, But Josh, to wrap up Geo going home here overall, what did we think of Geo's game? Is this a person who maybe if they got the invite back, um, you know, we could look at him and be like, okay, he's a strong player. He's He's got strong social skills, or was it just he was oblivious the entire time and never really got going? I think somewhere in the middle. Like, I think if he came back and played again, he probably would be smarter and, and you know, tone his game down a little bit. I don't – I can't blame him. Like Tyson said, like, everybody this game forces you to play hard now. So, like, I can't really blame anybody who comes on Survivor and is like, okay, I got to make some moves early. I think that – you know, as we've learned, like the time to make moves is, you know, final eight, final seven, final six. Cause if you make moves too early, you put yourself at a huge risk of being 14th out and, and not in, in the top five. Um, so I think there's going to be a lot of people in this era of survivor who are going to be people that are like, okay, they played all right. And if they came back, would they be decent players? Yeah, probably. But does that mean they deserve to come back? Like I wouldn't put geo in that category. Uh, I'm also curious to see with all these advantages, now we're three seasons into this, you know, the new era, the 40s, and we're seeing a lot of just players coming back and just sort of having to tell the exact truth of what happened. And I don't think that's super fun anymore. So I'm curious to see if the producers are going to start making any adjustments for 45, 46 and into the future, where it's not so obvious that if you're being taken away from camp, you're definitely coming back with something. You know, even in Ghost Island, sometimes you went out there and like, they were like, sorry, no game today. So yeah. Well, even in 41, I like when Brad had to sneak off at night and go out there. You're right. I don't I don't want anybody to come back. And now I got to have some confessional that's portrayed as a lie. And look, we're in the game of Survivor. Either you're going to tell the truth or you're going to lie. So why not have it? It's a little more cloak and dagger. Well, you don't know that I went somewhere. Um, if you look at Survivor returning to Outcast, all those players came back different in some form or fashion to play the game again. I think Gio would come back knowing what he knows now, seeing what he's seen, he, he's going to be different. But here's the thing. By the time we get Gio back, Survivor's going to be different. So <laughs> we just never know. What if like, what if like on, you know, they send you away and you came, they gave you like two different pieces of paper. You know, there's, there's so many different ways the producers can play oh, yeah. with the preconceived notions of what the players are going to have. Like my favorite, I can't remember if we talked about this on the podcast or not. Like my favorite way they did that is when they sent, uh, it was like, back in the 20s, maybe early 30s, and they had the tribes pick two different bags of rice. And there was the small bag of rice with the advantage and the large bag of rice with no advantage. And the large bag of rice wasn't really that big. And, you know, there's so many ways that they can play with things that aren't just, oh, I know you've got something here. Open up the shell. It doesn't make it obvious. No, I definitely agree because it makes the game a lot more interesting. And also from a player's perspective, if you have a chance to have a believable lie, then it makes the game better for everybody to play. Because yeah. if I go out to whatever the secret um, secret advantage place is, and I come back with something that the tribe can see, it doesn't matter if I have an additional advantage or anything. If I'm coming back with a bag of rice, then I can just lie and say, I got a bag of rice, which makes it interesting because at least people are suspicious of you having something. I definitely agree. I think the more the bigger talking point here is I, I saw a lot of people complain about this on Twitter. And this is kind of this has been an issue for Survivor, I would say, probably the last 10 years or so. But I've noticed it more in this new era. Are we getting too many advantages in the game? Because someone said on Twitter, it's starting to feel like 
every single person on every single tribe has something, whether that's an extra vote or an idol or, you know, so on and so on. Everyone's got something compared to if you look at the old season to which I know we've chatted about this. We're way past that. I know that we're not going to go back to what it was, but compared to back then where you might have one person in the game, have an idol, maybe one, maybe two. But now it's to the point where every week we're we're adding more advantages. Is it taking away from the overall gameplay experience now that everyone's got like a fallback plan if they feel like they're they're on the out? I'm gonna say no, because I'm gonna say no. And here's the reason why I think is we're giving we're setting people up, like Tyson said, we're setting you up for an advantage. We're gonna take you on the boat. We know you're gonna get something. Let's go back to the old days a little bit where you had Tony out there scouring the island looking for it put some work in for it if you want that immunity idol go out there and get in the woods figure out behind what trees jenny was in there in them ants i was like the ants are the star of the show because i'm not that's they're taking over that they, they are done with these people on their island yeah i mean so i, I want to see some i want to see advantages that are earned a different way i don't want you to have to go on the boat ride with two other people and make a decision just somewhere in there you kind of tweak that a little bit I don't think no, it's I, too I, bad at the mo- Sorry, Tyson, you go first. Oh, no. Oh, well, my thing is, like, I don't have a problem with the actual advantages. I just have a problem with how many they are. And I also agree mm-hmm. with everyone that, like, if you're going to get an advantage in the game, you have to work for it. Like, I had to go out and dig for an idol and put a target on my back, knowing that I'm putting a target on my back. Like, it shouldn't just be sort of handed out. Like, you're going somewhere and you're going to come back with something because you were chosen to go somewhere. So it, it should be a, a lot harder to get the advantages and there should be less advantages, in my opinion, because it makes the game, I don't know, it makes it harder to play because I remember even my season, we had a problem with the fact that there were so many advantages that like, it doesn't matter how good how our strategy was because we thought we had a clean strategy to get to the end. And it worked up until a certain point where we were just fighting against too many advantages in the game. So it takes away from the strategy, the outwitting part of it, because you just don't know what's out there if there's too much of it out there. So that's my thing about it. Yeah, I think it's funny because, Randy, you and I are, are both watching Palau right now. Yes. And I think when you go back and watch some of the really old seasons, you say to yourself, man, like it's some of these votes are too easy because nobody's out there like, oh, could they have an idol or is there something that makes you think a little bit? So when you watch that end of it, it's it then becomes easier to be like, no, advantages are good because it evens the playing field out and it gives people that maybe wouldn't typically have had a chance. It gives people a reason to not vote for them because, you know, you don't know what's out there. But I do think I think we're just just a little heavy on them. I don't think it's crazy. Yeah. Like, I don't think we need, you know, only one idol. Like right now we have, you know, three tribes, one beware advantage in each tribe. OK, that's fine. It's three idols out there, but you do have to work for those. You got to find them and then you got to do the thing. Um, so that's not too bad. And then we've had three trips out to the uh, island or floating dock, whatever it is. Can now. we retire that after this season? Sorry, <laughs> I just got to throw that out. Can we be done with Prisoner Dilemma Island? We've been there, what, three times so far this season? So we've, episode we've, we've, got, we've got this, the knowledge is power. We've got Gabler's two tribal idol. And what was the third advantage? Well, the beware advantage. If there were no, if I think, but I think like now they just like that should be it, or maybe they should have spaced these three trips. Like, because I think having among 13 players, having three idols, a steal of vote, and a knowledge is power, that's not like that's not awful, you know, that's not five or six idols, like. You know, it just happens to be that all three of these idols are activated, but they wouldn't ha- necessarily have to be. Well, then you have Gabler's idol as well. Right, right, right. But yeah. that's only, you know, for one well, more. Here's the thing. Gabler's idol is the perfect scenario. You got Gabler has an idol that he can utilize at two tribal councils. He's got one he more. Att- one more than he attends. Then you have where the beware advantage is now in play. Then you also have where you lose a vote. Now you are playing survivor because now you got to figure out do I target this person because they don't have a vote? And they came back and told you they didn't have a vote. She opened it up and said, hey, I don't have a vote. You become a target now because do you play your idol for yourself? Then you have Sammy telling Gabler, oh, by the way, afterwards, 
you've given her exactly what she needs to make her immunity idol to be effective. To me, in that particular trial, Sammy is the one running things because he's playing both sides. He's getting information. He's leaking it to Gabler. So okay, but let's stick. Let's stick with the idols for a second here, Abe. Like, do you think we have too many idols in the game right now? I don't mind the idols. I mind how you get the idols. Mm. I don't because I, I think everybody's going to have to have a ability to be able to change somebody's direction. So when you find an idol and you share it with one person and then they share it with what you think is not on your tribe, you know, now you got to figure out how do I play it? But if I know that you have something now, I'm like, OK, you off the list altogether. I can't even focus on you because now I got to either take out your ally or I got to target somebody else entirely. Who do we see go leave? Like, well, she left because she just kind of self-imploded, but. Let's uh let's turn the tables to someone who this week got it's starting to get a little big for her britches a little bit. If you want to say it like that, Janine came out of nowhere and she's like, All right, we're gonna start playing day 11. Let's start doing this. Finds the, the beware advantage, and you're like, Wow, okay, there you go. And then risks her vote. Sorry, I can't say risk today, it's just not getting out. <laughs> risks her vote. And then loses her vote. And I obviously she doesn't know how important that is. But I was looking at that like, girl, you might have just destroyed your game. Lucky for her, it looks like we're going to the merge next week. So it doesn't really matter. Um, But guys, what did we think about Janine's performance in this episode? Josh, I'll start with you first, man. (laughs) She had she had a strong ish episode. (laughs) Yeah, I'm still not sure what to think of the risking the risk, especially when like it seemed pretty obvious, like that Geo, there's no real upside to him saying, I'm gonna risk, I'm gonna risk, I'm gonna risk, and then choosing to be safe. I don't like I'm not seeing like I know it's a prisoner's dilemma, but I'm not really seeing the upside in that for him. So if like, if he's saying he's gonna risk, you gotta trust his word on it. So then if you're Janine and if you're Jesse, I don't understand why you're then risking your vote at that point. Well, you, you- I guess they did. They do lose their vote, but you do have a one and three shot, which changes what it was. But Janine's already got. A, she's already yeah. got an idol. Well, I right? actually, I agree with Josh because I think someone on the show mentioned it that she already has an idol. Mm-hmm. So the fact that she went out there and she still took a risk, she's now put a target on her back for trying to play too hard because it's there like being greedy. Like if if, if you're seen as somebody to be greedy, they're going to put a target on your back. I mean, it puts a target on your back. So I also agree. Like I didn't understand why when somebody's already said that they're going to risk it. Why would she also try to risk when she's not at risk of going home? And even if she was, she still has an idol. And here's the thing: you got two phases of survival that you plan before the merge, after the merge. And the one thing you don't want to lose before the merge is your ability to vote. And she had no reason to do it. None at all. That's, that doesn't make now, sense to me. And if now, you're, and if you're, and to, to, to act on to Tyson's point, if you lie and say, oh, I'm going to play it safe. And then you risk. Now you're just showing two people that like, I'm not trustworthy. And then you're going to hit the exactly. merge and give them a huge reason to be like, oh, well, she said she wasn't going to risk. And then she did. We can't trust a single word Janine says. Before we go back to Abraham, uh, exactly. I'll, I'll just say, I mean, look at Carla, what she did episode one, I think it was episode one, when she went out to risk her vote or non, not risk it. She was like, why would I do that right now? Well, there's no reason for me to risk my vote at this point in the game. Um, and I just compare their situations. Look where Carla's at right now. I mean, she could arguably be the best player out there at the moment. I know a lot of people would say Cody, but Carla is right there with them. Um, and then you look at Janine and Janine's kind of falling into she thinks she's running the game with her twin sister over here, Ellie, uh, the, the, her sorority sister, as I like to say, they're running the game and they're just they have no idea what's going on at the Baca tribe. I think behind the scenes, Abraham, did you have another yeah. point to add on there? What's, what's the golden rule of going into a merge? Have as many numbers as you can. Can you? You can. So here's the thing. Now that you you don't have a vote, you put your your actual alliance in jeopardy because now you can't vote. So you could actually lose somebody because you were trying to play too hard, which is going to pivot to me to who's not really playing at all. Woo. (laughs) Owen, I'm sorry. My bad. Wow. Owen Owen is just on the tribe. 
Owen uh, is not playing any game of Survivor at this moment. He is just hanging out on the edits. But is that really such a bad thing? Like, is it bad to go on Survivor and not play until the merge? He needed to take a step back. Like, he was almost eliminated episode one. So he kind of needed to take a step back. I, I wanted to ask Tyson here. Uh, Tyson, real quick, what's your opinion on, on people getting the beats, having to get the beats? Josh brought this up that so far we have not seen anyone fail at the Beware Advantage, but it would have been hilarious to see someone fail at it. And it was looking like, oh, I don't know if we saw Tyson. He does look frozen. Tyson, you got that frozen look. You'd be like, hey, hold on, wait a minute. I thought you were just like, I should have just let you roll with that. I should have been like, sure. I think we I think we might have him. Tyson, you there? I can hear you guys. I can see you guys. We got you with a steel photo. Yeah. All right. Well, we still have him. Wait, hold on. Well, I can see myself. Let me stop the video and bring it back up. If he's moving. Hey, Josh, <laughs> Josh, you wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, I thought you were just being super still. You were literally Tyson. You were just sitting there like this. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we got you were just like sitting there. Uh, but no, we were very close to seeing the beware advantage not work out here. And I thought we were finally going to see someone just get screwed with it when Mike was like, I'm saving this for my daughter. But no, she's like, What if I give you this green one back? He's like, All right fine my daughter will be fine you take it <laughs> so like we were very close it, um with the with with this particular beware advantage it's hard to sort of pick up on it because it's something so random like beads but like with um again because there's so many advantages and different tricks with this new format of survivor Personally, I would pay extra attention to everything that's going on. If there's somebody that wants something specific from every single person, then I'd be suspicious about it. I'd try to give you something that you're not asking for to see how hard you're trying to get the one thing that you ask because that makes it suspicious. So I don't blame the players for not picking up on it because it's something so random, like it's just a beat. But at the same time, it's like they're trying to get it from every single person. So that should tell you something, you know? Hey, Ty add- Tyson, you're talking to season 46 players. <laughs> 45 have probably got the same trap. Well, Tyson, so what, what do you think, you know, as a former Survivor and someone who went deep into the game, like what is the right level of paranoia for Survivor? Because last week we saw Lindsay get too paranoid. She's gone. And then we have all three tribes get not paranoid enough about this bracelet. And now we have three idols out there, probably easier than the producers expected. My thing is like... If you're in the game, don't be paranoid, but be aware. Be cautious, be suspicious of everything, but don't be paranoid. And paranoia is the one thing that I think puts the biggest target on your back. Because, for example, in SA Survivor um, perspective, the last season, Dino won the season. But the season before, Immunity Island, Dino was in my season, and he went out before the merge because he was just too paranoid. Nobody wanted to work with him. Nobody was as comfortable having him around because if you're too paranoid, you're, either li- you're a liability in one of two ways. Because one, people don't want to work with you because they just think, you know, you're too volatile or whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. Or two, you just become too suspicious. Like, why are you this paranoid? Why are you having... Like, everybody, you can't... Or another thing is that, like, like it gets annoying because when you're on that island and you're dealing with all these different personalities... It gets very annoying when there's somebody that's paranoid and you're trying to reassure them all the time. It's like you're babysitting someone's feelings Mm. and it gets very annoying to the point where you just want them gone. So paranoia is a big no. Like it doesn't matter what's going on. Don't be paranoid, but be suspicious. That would be my thing. When you are are suspicious of somebody. So I'll be honest. I didn't I I have not watched Survivor South Africa, so I'm not familiar with your season. Was there anybody in your alliance that you were suspicious of? And then how do you manage being suspicious? Do you, do you try to get some evidence that maybe you can trust them? Or do you just sort of have to deal with, you're going to have that 5% in the back of your mind and you just have to tell yourself to shut up? Oh, no, for sure. There were a, a couple of people we were suspicious of and we were right about and we blindsided them. So my, my, my approach to picking up weird behavior 
is trying to put the, the people within the alliance in certain positions where they have to expose who, who where like where they stand. So, for example, um, as as like a collective, as an as an alliance, there was a time where we had to take a risk. But every time we have to take a risk, there's just one person that doesn't want to take that risk. Every every time it's just that one person, they don't want to take that risk because they don't want to expose themselves to the other members of the tribe or the other members that we're playing with that they're standing with us on this side. So it's like we're firmly standing on this side and saying this is the game we're playing, this is who we're playing with, but you don't want to expose yourself to people that we're voting against anyway. So why are you not exposing yourself? So because of those things and because of that doubt, you don't want to have anyone in your alliance that you that you're doubting, basically. So you just go about trying to get them out. Hey, hey, Josh. I like to say that I didn't have any paranoia. <laughs> so, you were I was too. Like, you were too tired to be paranoid, Abraham. <laughs> I don't. I don't know about Tyson, man, but I was. I was exhausted, and we did a lot of stuff on a, on, on less calories. But Tyson, them right. You you should go if you get called for Survivor and you get there. Give yourself 10% of paranoia from day one when you're coming in. Just give yourself 10% and, and kind of manage that. Because if I was a little more paranoid, I probably would have done things a little differently. I went in thinking that physicality, I, I performed well. I was in the challenges. Because you think about it, I didn't lose the puzzle in my, in my season. I wasn't <laughs> that guy. And I wasn't even, you know. So 10% of paranoia comes when you get the phone call. And just stay paranoid until you get there. Yeah, <laughs> Tyson, sure, would, sure. would you have given your bead? If I come to you and I'm like, Tyson, I, I really want that bead, man. I'm trying to make a necklace. Would you have given me your bead? No, I wouldn't have. And like, <laughs> not, not just because I've seen the season, but it's just my approach to this game. It's like, I never give you the one thing that you asked for first. So there's so many beads. Take this one. Like you asked, but I really want that one. <laughs> you're not asking for a bead. You're asking for a specific bead. So that makes me suspicious. Like, why do you want this specific bead? And why do you want the specific bead from everyone else? Because it's not like these guys are asking the other tribe mates one by one. They're asking them in front of everybody. Like, can mm. I have that beat? Can I have that beat? Can I have that? That's, it's too suspicious. Like, why do you want something specific from every single person? So, it, it, like, I'll, I'll just try to mess with you and be like, no, you can't take this one, but you can have these ones. <laughs> you get to well, see how well, you, end up getting, like, you, you end up getting Gabler's reaction, which was as soon as he was told you just handed her an idol, he was literally like, no. Yeah, but I, get, I can understand why Gabler, I can understand why Gabler gave her the bead as well. I mean, because you only see the edit part of what the that whole conversation was like. You're there talking and sharing parts of yourself with the entire tribe. They know who your kids are. They know who your special friends are because you have nothing else. There's no computers. There's no cell phones. He, he probably, he probably you can't just get got annoyed. He probably just got annoyed because I, I, I'm in a fantasy basketball league and I just kept asking this guy to trade me this player. I kept bothering him about it to the point he eventually traded me the guy just because he was annoyed of me asking. Probably the same situation. It was probably like, Mike, come on, give me the bead, man. Randy, get, Randy getting voted off, man. Me and Tyson, I'm voting Randy off. Josh, do you have something to add here? I, I was, the one thing to remember with that tribe, too, is they had an alliance. So, like, three of them gave Janine their bead without even her even needing to ask. So that I think makes it'd be one thing if she had to go to all four of them was like that beat, that beat. But like three of them were just like, here, you can have this bead. So Gabler was the only one that she needed to be like, I want specifically that bead, which maybe just made it not as obvious enough. Although well, I think Tyson's right. I think it's just a, another thing that adds on to the game. Sorry to cut you off, Josh. It's just like no, no, no. There's, there's, there's a peer pressure element to this whole thing because if everybody's given the person they bead and there is like the alliance members, are asking you for the person to hand over the beat. Now you don't want to be the guy on the tribe that's like you're being stingy or you're not like you you you're being you basically yeah you're just being a difficult person. You don't want to come across as a difficult person to the tribe because you know that it puts a target on your back. So if everyone's handing over their beads, you want to be a team player. You don't want to stand out as the guy that said no because that puts a target on like any little thing puts a target on your back. So I think it's a double edged sword because at the same time. I want to be suspicious about why you're asking for the B, but, but, but again, I don't want to be that guy that's just like, no, you're not going to have my stuff. And then I put a target on my back for being too difficult.
Well, here's where I think Sammy rise to the to the occasion of Survivor. He goes to Gabler and says, hey, look, here's what just happened. Here's where losing your vote really comes in at. Now you don't have to worry about her vote. So if y'all lose a challenge or is there some kind of twist at the next meeting, you have an opportunity if you don't vote Janine out to vote out one of her alliance members. That's why her written that vote was just it was just a waste. I because thought now. Oh, sorry, Abraham. Go ahead. Yeah, you because because now you set up. You want to merge with as many numbers as you can because it's going to become chaotic once they merge because you don't know who you can trust all over again. I thought that Sammy had a very bad episode personally, and and I'll tell you why. I thought I didn't like Sammy's episode, and I didn't like Owen's episode either. I thought I know they want to keep their alliance under wraps, uh, like the guy alliance, if they have one. I understand they're both kind of contemplating, do we go with the girls or do we go with Mike? But, I mean, they both knew that she gets an idol if you hand your beads over. I mean, that's that's dangerous right there. You know, Gabler has an idol, but he's got an idol for one more tribal council. That is it. And I hate how they keep saying, mm, do we want to go with the girls? Because it could be better for our game. You know, they're, I guess what they're saying is their gameplay is a little bit better. They keep saying, like, Mike's kind of chaotic and all over the place. <laughs> Mike's just, I mean... That is someone I'd kind of want to work with, someone in Mike's position, because he has proven that he's not the best at gameplay to say. And no, I feel hold like on, I know, hold, hold, I got, on. I got hold on. Owen and Sammy, I feel like could run that alliance. They I mean, I feel like Mike would just be along for the ride. And I'm like, why would you hand your beads over? I would have got together. And as soon as we knew that would make an idol. No, we're not giving you our beads. Yes, it draws a line in the sand. But who cares anyways? You don't know the merge is coming the next day and you've got three on two and now she doesn't have an idol. So like, why is that so bad to just say, hey, I just think they should have gone with Gabler and not gave their beads over. Abraham, I know you had something Wait, here, to argue with. Thing. Who went to Mike and told him, hey, look, she has an idol. Only Sammy. It's, it's Sam, Sam, Owens, yes. Owens playing the swing boat. And that's not really a good swing boat either. He, he's just there. And it's going to show he just kind of going along with everything. If I was going to vote anybody out, Owen, you would be my next vote out. Well, if I if I was like Mike and Sammy came to me and said, you just handed her an idol. I would have literally been like, why did you give her your beat? If you knew it was an idol. 100% I agree with you, Randy, because like if I, yeah, because Sammy was told before this whole thing went down, like he knew about the advantage that this person is trying to collect beats. So as soon as I find that out, I go to my alliance and I'm saying, yo, listen, this is what's about to happen. This person's going to ask you for this. So make sure you don't give it to them. I'll give it to them because it's going to look like I'm playing ball, but make sure that you don't so that they don't get to play the idol, don't get to have the idol, whatever the case is. If he's trying to be undercover and not look like he's blown the plan up, because if you know that the person's going to come to you, ask for a bead, and if you give them the bead, they get an idol. Why would you give them the bead when you have the information about it? I also didn't understand that part of it. I, I think we're forgetting one key thing here, and that's we're assuming that the players don't know the merge is coming. But so far with the way this season has played out, and they've all seen 41 and 42, which had the fake merge at 13 and everything, I would think actually they probably are thinking like the merge is right around the corner and what's they the best be, yeah. way to set us up. Because, and this is like... My, my other point that I was thinking about is I'm very curious to see what Baca does at the merge, because I think this Vessi four seems pretty strong, right? That doesn't yeah. mean they won't break up, but they seem like a pretty, pretty tight knit four. And Coco is totally fractured. Like Coco is not going to stick together at the merge. That seems pretty obvious. So if Baca is thinking, hey, we've got a tribe of five. We're the only tribe of five that could give us the numbers. Maybe it's worth to try to keep this tribe alliance going and not blow it all up right now with the merge right around the corner because if they blow it all up then you go into the merge with a group of three and a group of two and a group of four and a group of two and like then nobody feels safe they could be looking at this and saying hey all right we're gonna give janine this idol and we're gonna use that to to when the merge hits to say hey look we gave you this idol you can trust us we're with you and help themselves get a little further in the game. Cause eventually everybody knows it's going to break apart, but if you can get yourself from 13 to 10 or 13 to nine by eliminating Coco, starting to knock off some Vessi members, 
Before then, everything starts to hit the fan. You hope by then Janine's used her idol. There's more advantages out there. It's less of a problem. If you draw that line in the sand then, and then the merge hits, like forget any chance of that alliance sticking through. I'll I'll add on to that. Uh, Abraham, go ahead real fast. Well, well, we also got a, coming up on the merge this season, there is no hourglass. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested to see what is going to be the defining factor to eliminate that next player that you need to even make the, make the merge happen. So that's going to be pretty interesting. So I'm looking forward to next weekend's episode. In the, pe- in the preview, they literally said, uh, like, I, I think I saw drawing rocks or something like that. And they said, like, someone's about to go home. So I really hope, I don't think it's going to be this, but I really hope it's not one of those instances where we're just going to draw rocks and whoever gets this rock is going home. No way. I would be, I right, but, but I will say, I think this is kind of a bold prediction adding on to your point, Josh, about the Vessi four. We really, I mean, we talked about it earlier, gentlemen, we really didn't see anything from Vessi this episode. They won the challenge. I mean, we saw Jesse go to the Island. I think the winner is coming from the Vessi tribe. I'm not changing my winner pick. I said it was Ryan, and that's my prediction for the entire season. You got to keep Randy on track because he, hey, Randy <laughs> no, no, I know, mind. I know, I said Ryan, but what I'm saying, I really do agree that that four of Noel, Jesse, Dwight, and Cody, I, I mean, Jeff could not get enough of them during the challenge. How many times do we hear Jeff get, go like, they are working so well together? Uh, and I, I just feel like they, that is a tight four. We know Coco is in shambles, like you said. I I can't remember if I said it in the intro, but it's the beginning of the downfall for Coco. They're going to be all over the place. Baca has a a guy versus girl thing happening with Owen in the middle. Who knows who he's going to work with? I think whoever pulls in that Vessi four is going to kind of run the game. Now, obviously, this is it's not going to be a Paganging of any sorts. This is modern day Survivor. I'll probably end up being wrong about it. Next week, they'll probably all go all over the place. But I'm just saying, I could see that Vessi 4 sticking together as long as they can. And I could very well see any of that Vessi 4 winning the game. Okay, so before um, we get into can I just backtrack a little to what yeah, Josh yeah, said? Go ahead. And I agree 100% with what Josh said if it was an intentional strategy. But the fact that not one of those guys in any of their confessionals was able to own up to that approach, saying that we we know about the beads, we're going to give her the beads, try and solidify the tribe going into a potential merge. It just shows that, yeah, we can we can see it that way. Like from a strategic point of view, if that's the, if that's the case, brilliant. But none of them are owning it, so it might not be intentional on their part to do that. And if it's not intentional then it's just very bad gameplay from the actual individuals involved. Because even in my, um, my final um, question to the, the final two from the jury, my only thing was I spent the most time with you guys in the game because obviously I left late, so I know exactly what you've done. So what I want you guys to tell me is own up to certain things that we don't know about so I can see which part of your game was intentional. So don't get to the end and claim that this happened because I did this. I want to see along this, I mean, along the way, what you're owning up to because that shows the actual game that you're playing as opposed to being a part of a good move by just, you know, trial and error. And, and correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, Tyson, but they didn't, there, there really wasn't any confessionals one way or the other to say why they gave Janine the idol. Exactly. We, so we don't that's, know. That's the thing like, from your, from if if you were the player, I'd say one hundred percent brilliant strategy because you actually pointed it out. But not one of them actually said, "I'm doing this because this is the outcome, or this is the intention, or this is what I'm trying to get to." They just went with it for the sake of going with it, and I don't understand it from well, from the gamers. Like, what are you doing that for? We never we, got their we never yeah. got their thought process. We literally yeah. saw Sammy and Mike like afterwards, literally sitting on the beach, going like. Oh my gosh, she has an idol. Well, yeah, she's got an idol. You just handed <laughs> yeah, her exactly. an idol. You had a exactly. chance in the game to deny someone an immunity idol. And you just yeah. went. But see, I think, well, I think the fact that Sammy was so cool about it goes more to my point. I think that I think he thought through it that he wasn't like, oh my God, what did we just do? He was like, hey, just left FYI, this is what just happened. But he's yeah, really just comfortable happened. with it. But another thing is in typical survivor fashion, Sammy's a physical guy. 
And if you're thinking a merge is coming up, you should know that you're going to be one of the very first targets because they don't want you there as a physical threat when it goes down to individual challenges. So why would you strengthen another player if you're not solidifying that bond? Like, we didn't see him go off with, okay, he's close with one of the girls because the girl actually told him about the advantage, but he's not close with the girl they gave the, the thing, the idol to. So why not go to the actual person and try to, you know, establish or solidify that partnership going into a potential merge? Because you know that if you've now given you, okay, I know what I'm giving you this bead for, so let's actually work together. Because now I know if you go into a merge and I'm a target, you can protect me because I gave you this advantage. Mm. But so I, I just don't understand the gameplay. It just seems very careless, in my opinion. I wonder if we're going to see a scene like that once the merge happens, that he'll go to her and take her aside yeah. and be like, hey, FYI. Like, well, the only yeah. person that can't yeah. get voted out is Gabler. Once he goes to that, which is he's in a great position, if he understands that. He goes to that very that next tribal council. He has no reason to keep his idol. He better he be playing West. it. You might as well play it for yourself. Well, uh, I think he's aware of it because I think in one of his confessionals, well, at camp they showed him saying that he thinks it's 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 not effective anymore. Like he thinks he can't play it anymore because two tribal councils went on. But in but in his confessionals, he actually did come out and say, "I'm playing oh, yeah. dumb." So yeah. they think if I need to play dumb, then I'll play dumb. So I think he's aware of what's going on as far as his idol is concerned. To remind everyone at home, the three people who have went to the Survivor Jewelry Store and now have uh, idols is Cody for Vessi. He has the idol hat, which I really hope he actually wears it when he wants to play it one day. Uh, and then you have Carla and Janine who have bracelets now. I'm very interested to see heading into the merge, if that is, if it's like a complete merge episode next week, which I think it is. Um, I'm very interested to see if the guys from Baca go to other people on the other tribes and say, Hey, was there ever an instance where people were asking for certain beads because mm. they know that now. Oh. And then if they do that and if they go to other people for Vessi and Coco instantly puts a huge target on the three of the those game. people. Yeah. Oh, it blows yeah. up the game. Completely. It up the game completely. Many, I mean, how many people know? I mean, how many people know? Like, we all know Baca, like, pretty much everyone. Everyone knows on Baca. But, like, on the other tribes, who knows that, you know, that's an idol now? I don't think anybody does. Maybe someone for Vessi? I think, no. No, I don't think so. So, like, nobody knows other than the entire Baca tribe. So, all it would take is one person, Gabler or, or Owen, you know, Owen, someone who hasn't really found his footing in this game, Gabler, a wild man, as they say, all it takes is one of those two to say, oh, you want to see something fun? You want to see everyone start to scramble and just say, hey, everybody who gave up beads, whoever you gave your bead to has an immunity idol. I, I, I think it could be really entertaining it, to watch. It's going like to happen. happen sooner rather than later because Bacall knows about it. And even if they're, they're just going to try to figure out who else has it. So even if they do it, you know, a little bit just, um, you know, under the under the radar, somebody's going to they're going to have to say, hey, did you give your beads to anybody? And, and then it's just going to quietly get around. Like it's going mean, to spread like a wildfire because even mm -hmm. the guys that actually collected the beads, they're going to try to they could. I'm assuming they're going to want to know who on the other tribes has the beads, too, because they know what it comes with. So I just think there's too many people that know about this thing <laughs> for it to stay quiet. I wouldn't be surprised if all three Beware and Idols get played at like the same tribal. Well, I think yeah. Cody's going. I think Cody's going to blow it up. He just seems like that kind of player this season. Where <laughs> why he's would like, Cody ah. blow up his own game? Because Cody was the same one who wanted to take the machete. Cody came to play the <laughs> game of Survivor, so it's going to be interesting when you put all the tribes together in do one we, tribe to see who comes out ahead. Do we see the three Idol getters getting together, like banding together, or no? I see yeah. two of them getting voted out get with idols in their pockets. If they get cornered, I think they might band together to try and work something out. Because, I mean, if it's the three of us and we, and we all have this huge target on our backs, then it only makes sense for us to try to work together to do something. But at the same time, it's tricky because they're not in the same alliance. They, they don't even know each other. So how do I abandon my alliance members? to try and work with these people just because they have an advantage for one tribal council. 
You know, I, I think it comes down to next week on how are you going to play to get that final person out to complete the merge? That's going to if you have to play your idol to stay safe, we're going to see a lot of them playing it. Uh, I have a, I, I have, ahead, a, I have a question for everybody. Um, now that we're, you know, into this final 13, we have some idea of where the advantages are. And I know, you know, Randy, you're going to stick with your winner pick from the beginning. But if you could choose a new winner pick based on what we know <laughs> oh. now, Tyson, who, I'll go with you first. Who, who do you think is in the best position or has shown themselves to be capable? Uh, it's hard for me. It's hard for me. What's the – I just forgot the guy's name, but, like, the youngest guy, 19-year-old. Oh, Sammy. Sammy. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think he he has a good shot at it just because of the fact that he's very observant and he he seems like he understands the game. And if you understand and if you sort of if you understand the game and you're perceptive enough without being loud, you stand a good chance of going far and going deep in the game. But like I'm not sure. I just I genuinely don't have a winner pick. I just thought about it now. I don't have like one person I can say. But for me, Cody stands out, but I think he's just he stands out too much to make it all the way to the end. That's who I'd like to. I don't think Ryan's going to win, but we have to keep it because Abraham and I have this like competition we do. Josh, we're going to get you in on it next year or next season uh, where you pick someone at the very beginning of the season and that's your, that's your winner pick. Um, But if I were to change, I do think Bessie is in a really good position. I will throw out Carla. I could see Carla getting like that winner's edit. I I just see it right now. Every time she's on the screen, every time she's on the screen, I'm like, one, is she too far ahead of everyone else that she's going to get blindsided? But two, I could see that being the winner of season 43. I could see Carla at the end winning this thing. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm to throw out Noel. Noel is Noel. someone that I think is in a really good position right now. I think her and Dwight have a tight, I think tighter than what the cameras are showing. And I could see Noel and Dwight both making it onto the final three, whether that's with Cody or... Uh, I think it would be more likely with Jesse, like having a final three, if it was all Bessie, which obviously, like I said, I, I doubt it, but I could see Dwight and Noel working together until the end. And then I think it comes down to who has the better story, who's played the game more. And I think if, if it was Dwight versus Noel, and then maybe someone else who hasn't really played, I think Noel has a solid resume up to this point. And she's got, I mean, I don't want to bring up her leg. I know that's not what, she, you know, we shouldn't focus on that. But she does have an amazing story, too, where if she makes it to the final three, I think that's a, a perfect story to win. I don't uh, think she would bring it up at all. But I, I don't I think she saying. will. But I think it would be brought up. I think when people consider I don't think she would sit there and be like, you should vote for me for this reason. But it's another reason I really hope it doesn't happen. And unfortunately for her, I could see it happening. I could see people being like, we got to get Noelle out because of that story. She will win if she makes it to the final three. So I, I hope it doesn't happen. I hope they don't look at it like that, but I could see it happening. Uh, Abe, who do you got? I'm going to go with Jesse. I'm sorry. I'm going to go with James, not Jesse. Mm, I'm going to go with James, okay. and here's the reason why. James has already showed his ability to try to keep you calm and reassure you. But he sure. also shows that if you don't do it, he will vote you out. True. So, <laughs> oh, they're running the him and Carla. I thank you for bringing um, that up because I needed to say this. Their alliance, I'm calling it the no BS alliance. I know we had that in South Africa, but this literally is the no BS <laughs> no B- because the moment that Cass, Cassie was like wondering about her position in the game, James went literally turns his head to Carla and goes, "Yeah, I, she got to go." But they're, <laughs> like instantly. they're truly playing the game of Survivor because at the end of the day, if I can't get you to calm down and not be that paranoid, you, you got to go. You got to go. Because you, you, you a liability because we go to emerge and I'm trying to calm you down. And James has shown that either I can calm you down or I can vote you out. I, I like James to win. He has shocked me a lot this season. Yeah. Hey, Philly Survivor think, represent. <laughs> also, I think James is playing a very good game because, like, he's found the balance that, like, in a game of like Survivor's a game full of liars and you know liars and cheaters and like everybody that plays the game has to lie at some point. But like in a game based around deceit, trust is your best friend. So I think James has found the right balance that, like, if you can't trust me, I've given you the reassurance that I think you need, and if you can't trust that, then I can't have you around me. So I think he has like the the perfect temperament for the game. 
So he has potential to go far. And he doesn't stand out as somebody that's like a threat to anybody. So, and while playing a good game at the same time. So, yeah, I think it's a good shot. I think he and Carla have that in common, is that they don't stand out as a threat to anybody. The difference is that Carla has an advantage and has actually been playing really well. And so I'm worried for her that eventually everybody's going to catch on. She's going to make a big enough move that people go, oh, and then Carla also did this and Carla also did that and Carla's going to be out. Um, but but think, think about it. That won't impact James. That's perfect for James' game. So yeah. I, think it's one of, I think it's one of those two. I also do think Sammy, especially for being 19, is playing really, really well. Oh, yeah. He's playing a good game. Compared to his cast, yeah. I definitely think the three front runners for who's playing the game of the season thus far going into the merge are Cody, uh, Cody, Carla, and Sammy, I think are the people kind of running their tribes and, and playing the best games. And you could throw in a few other names there, but I well, think, I think hold, on, hold on, Ray. I think Cody only gets to edit because he has that personality of just enjoying the moment, you know, from I mean, the tattoos yeah. on, from the tattoo, mm-hmm. from taking the machete, he's thoroughly enjoying the moment, but is he really playing the game? I, I, think he is good. I think he is. So I uh, think I also think like oh it it just when I think the previous episode when he was going for the raid and he really he wanted to to get that machete. So that showed me that he was playing the game because he knew what that would do to the other tribe. Mm. And having been in a season where our tribe went over for a raid and we took the machete from another oh, tribe. Oh, you we, guys are terrible. We saw what it did to them. So I wanted Cody to do that because I know exactly what it does. And that showed me that he's playing the game because he, when he was walking by himself, walking away, he did say that, like, we're being too nice or we're not playing hard enough or whatever. Like, he said something along those lines. And for me, that showed me that he's not only thinking about the people around him, but he's thinking about the game in its entirety that like, if I do this, this is the outcome. Whereas everybody else is just trying to be nice or not stepping on toes. So there is like a villainous side to him. And I like that in players because, yeah, I like the players that have a darker side to the game because it shows you that you're really ready to play and do the moves that necessary. Tyson Tyson has no heart, confirmed. Villain, confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> Taking oh, machete. Um, they played in the season. So that's, I, I like that part of the game. I'm not going to lie. I love it. Uh, but yeah, I think we've covered everything for this episode and it's going to be very interesting to see what happens heading into the merge. Like you said, Abraham, they got rid of the hourglass. Thank God. Now I will say uh, the last oh, thing. Hold on. Was- I hate to cut Randy. I can't, what? I can't let this go. We heard the mythical uh, speech. What about the shot in the dark? Ryan uh, said it. I was like, are we still, we still got a shot in the dark on this season? No, they still have it. Yeah. Nobody has said anything about the shot in the dark until Randy said it during the confessional. I'd like to go ahead and give a moment of silence for that. No, yeah. It's a terrible need, idea. Whatever. They, yeah, <laughs> they, they need to, to abolish that as well. And the only kind of critique I had for the episode that I wanted to make sure to throw out is we don't need to hear the rules of the advantages every single episode. I know Survivor has said they've cut some stuff because they need to save time. You can save time by not reading <laughs> us the beware advantage for the, the sixth time. And I say six time because they have them read it. And then they always do a confessional of someone else explaining what they have to do. So like that yeah. is a good take all six of those and cut it down to maybe two at the very least. And that saves you a couple of minutes. I was watching that. I'm like, okay, do we real are we really expecting people to be tuning in for the first time on episode six? I, I mean, I'm sure there are people who are like, hey, let's just watch Survivor today. But I, I'm like, cut it back a little bit. I have a very timely joke to make. Yeah. The shot in the dark needs to get shot in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. Yeah. I agree. Uh, you, I know, agree. you know Jeff's going to keep bringing it back until it works. He's like, no, it's going to work someday. It's not, it's not I'm gonna telling work. you, someone's going to play and it's going to cause chaos. We're on, day, we're on day 11, and I'm pretty sure nobody can remember the last time they've heard I'm going to play my shot in the dark. Three people have ever played it. Three people, and it has never worked. I think it was only three. But uh, that wraps up today's episode. Uh, Tyson, man, thank you so much for coming back on and chatting with us again. I, I want to say this isn't going to be the last time that we speak with you again. Maybe not even this season. We might have you back this season. 
Nah, for sure, guys. I'm down to get back anytime you guys want me back. So I enjoy talking to you guys. And thank you. Thank you for having me back. Hey, hey, Tyson, when you produce your first movie, I, I don't mind a cameo role. I'll come over and walk. Whatever you need me to do, guys. <laughs> I got you guys. I got you for sure. <laughs> no, well, well, we, we've been chatting about going to visit South Africa. And we want to head out there and visit, you know, some of the people we meet. And you're on our, on our list. We're like, if we go out there, we got to – I want to do a workout with you, man. I, I want to, yeah, that you would kill me. We got to get him that's to Philly. Uh, yeah, oh. 100%, because I have to go to the stadium and watch the game. Yeah, so I'll, I'll definitely. I can take you all. I mean, if you're a basketball guy, uh, I can take you all around the city and show you all the good spots. Yeah, I'll get you. I, I know the Pacers, oh, the Pacers are playing the Philadelphia or, uh, 76ers <laughs> later this week. So. I'll be messaging you later this week when we can have some fun on when you guys probably blow us out of the building. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, thank maybe that's when I'll get my first season. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you're listening to this, make sure to follow the show on Spotify. If you're watching this, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. We really do appreciate all the support. And make sure to go check out our Patreon. We're starting to get some really good early access content for you guys over there. But don't be concerned. Everything that you have been getting will continue to be on our Spotify and YouTube feeds. It's just a little extra for you. Um, but anyone else have anything to say before we hop off here? I am looking forward to playing Survivor tonight. That's where I'll be at. <laughs> I was going to say, Abraham usually at least has one thing to say. I'll be, <laughs> look, I was looking at a piece of paper. I'll be playing Survivor tonight. So my weekend is all Survivor for Hearts for Reality Charity. That's where I'll be at this evening. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Gentlemen, enjoy the rest of your day. And until next time.